Hey lovelies, I'm Michaela True, and you're listening to my Seize the Day podcast. Now let's get started. Okay, so today's topic is school, specifically dealing with how to handle seizures at school. Oof, (laughs) not really a great worded title, but Anyway, I would like to tackle this topic today because I, well, I've been in public school and I've also been homeschooled, so I've basically got the best of both worlds, just insert Hannah Montana line here, it's the best of both worlds, don't make fun of me for singing. Anyway, I'd like to share my experience, like, at school, but also help you to help your child or help you if you're an epileptic yourself to have your best experience at school. Now, I want to make this comment that most students with epilepsy can participate in all school activities. I want to say all Now, there are some limitations to that. For example, I was on the swim team. However, um, they obviously would not have allowed me to be on the swim team if I was going to be swimming alone or if the teacher wasn't there. Honestly, it's just about practicing proper swimming techniques. You don't want to swim alone. Especially when you have epilepsy. I mean, you don't really want to swim alone when you don't have epilepsy either because you can drown in less than half a foot of water. So, it's just, you have to be more careful with epilepsy. I really enjoyed actually swim team because the water was so cold and one of my triggers is like heat. So, like the swim team water no, it was like an Olympic-sized pool. It actually was very calming for me. So, you're just going to have to think about that. Now, one sport, for example, that would not be smart to get on or do, just jump on, saddle on, <laughs> would be horseback riding. Oh, man, I love that pun. I just used to saddle yourself right off there. <laughs> But that would probably not be smart with someone experiencing um, everyday seizures because if you're riding a horse competitively or just in general, um, it would be very easy for you to just be flung off the horse or for you to have a seizure and fall off the horse and for the horse to like trample you to death. Um, Wow, I'm being really pessimistic here. But it's, you have to just think of all of the ways Instead of thinking of all the ways you can't do something, think of the ways that you can do something. So like, for example, I was on a basketball team and instead of thinking, you know what, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't run really fast, I can't do this. Instead I was like, you know what, yeah, maybe I can't do 500 suicides like the coach wants, but they know I have epilepsy. Um, I'm just going to do the best I can for the amount of period of time that everyone else is doing suicides, even if it's not as many 
as they do, I'm doing my best and that's all I can do, you know? Just do your best when it comes to sports. Like, that's another topic I kind of want to like just, that's a whole different topic, just whole sports in general, but we're going to move on. That's like the main, that's not the main topic of this podcast session. <laughs> well, I'm really smacking my lips a lot today. I'm just going to really get some, let me get a sip of water here. Okay. So the next thing would probably be always start each school year by scheduling a meeting with your teacher. Now, if you're the parent of, you know, a child with epilepsy, schedule a meeting with your child's teacher. If you have epilepsy and you're old enough to talk to your teacher about it, talk to your teacher about it. Um, If you're in college, talk to your professor about it. It's honestly, you want to make sure and schedule a meeting at the beginning of the year, every year, and tell all of your professors or teachers about your condition. (laughs) I know, I'm really like droning on here, but you want to make sure that you discuss your condition and any learning issues you may have. Now, for me, my condition would be I have a little bit of trouble um, focusing, so sometimes, I don't know, it's kind of hard for them to tell if I have focal seizures or not, I think that's what it's called, when you like kind of space out a bit, but I know that it really affects my learning habits, it makes it really annoying for me to be in like a quiet room also. No, not annoying for me. (laughs) Flip that. It's annoying for me to be in a very loud room, like, because when there's a lot of voices, I can't focus either. So that's a learning issue I have. I can't really focus very well when there's bright lights. So like a stereotypical um, classroom for me is not the ideal situation. And I make that very um, apparent to the professors whenever I well, what I did with my semesters at college also, I made that very apparent to, like, when I was in public school, and you just have to make that very apparent, or you have to inform your child's teacher if you're the parent. Also, I explained my condition, and then I explained what I needed to help my condition. So, for me, I wear um, earmuffs sometimes during class, Um, I would wear earmuffs sometimes during class if it was getting too loud. I would wear blue glasses because if you guys have been like following me around for a little while, you guys know how obsessed I am with blue, dark blue tinted glasses for taking care of like seizure related things. It really calms down the brain. So that's that. And I explain before all my issues with epilepsy so that they know if they see me with blue glasses on or if they see me with earmuffs on it's not because I'm trying to be disrespectful or I'm listening to music on my phone it's just because it's a condition and a learning issue I have now 
Moving on from that, I also want to note that you want to talk to your professor and talk to your teacher. You want to talk to your child's teacher. This is just talk to the person who will be teaching you or teaching your child um, your seizure response plan. So that the teacher, professor, whatever they are, I'm literally just going to say teacher from now on because I'm getting really annoyed at just having to correlate all of this in my brain. But So that that teacher knows what to do if you as a child, you as a student, uh, student I guess I'll say student, if from now I'm just going to say student and teacher. So that teacher knows what to do if the student has a seizure. Now, what is a seizure response plan? That's that's depending on each person and just the preference. So, even though I'm the one who has seizures and I have epilepsy, I actually have a seizure response plan that I follow. And the reason I have this is because if I come across someone else that's having a seizure, I want to be able to help them in the best way I possibly can, you know? And I know that it's probably not like, I'm not gonna say it's probably not gonna happen because in my lifetime, I will probably witness someone having a seizure because one out of every 26 people will have a seizure in their life or be diagnosed with epilepsy like just in that subject it just will happen and I want to be able to respond to that appropriately so personally my response plan to that is I try to just keep calm collected imagine there's a candle beside me why am I talking in British form but <laughs> there is a candle beside me actually right now but I try to keep calm because if you're really like freaking out and thinking, oh my gosh, what happened? You're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do your best job. So I, I try to keep calm, just trying to reassure myself and try to take everyone else away from the area the person is having a seizure in because I don't really want anyone to get hurt not just the person having the seizure, but anyone around, because, well, when you're having a seizure, you can spasm in very great ways. Like my dad, he spasmed his arm so hard that it popped his shoulder, I believe, out of socket. And so if someone was standing like right beside them, like him, it could have really hurt him. Like that other guy, and also could have hurt my dad. So. Yeah, just make sure people who don't know how to handle the situation are away. Yeah. You know, maybe I would instruct them not to be laughing too. Because if some people are so stupid that they're laughing, then be like, uh, you don't want to be doing that when they wake up. Okay, anyway, just side note. Next thing I would probably do would be to keep their airway clear um, turn the person on their side, possibly. Make sure there's nothing in their mouth. Absolutely nothing. Um, 
you don't want to restrain them, but because their seizure won't play itself out the way it should play itself out. But you want to make sure that they're in like a safe location. Remove all objects around them and such. Um, hmm. I'd probably record how much time it it taken place. Like I would just mentally keep track. Hey, you know, at 4:42 p.m., this person started having a seizure. Um, they didn't stop until 5:09. That's a pretty decent amount of time. And you definitely want to stay with the person until they're recovered from a seizure. Now you're wondering, okay, that just told me basic things to do, but well, what do I do if that stuff doesn't happen? Well, I also think of scenarios of if these things happen, I call 911. So, if the seizure lasts longer than I would say five minutes or ten minutes, call 911. Unless it's like a normal occurrence for this person and you know them personally, um, then maybe no. Like, maybe no. But if you don't personally know them and they've had a seizure that's longer than five minutes, call 911. Because if you have a seizure for longer than 30 minutes, you can go into cardiac arrest and die. So, just think of that. <laughs> Another thing to call 911 about is if there's two or more seizures like close together without recovering between the seizures. Now, when I say recover, I mean like five, 10 minutes between them, because that's enough time to recover or so. Um, another thing would be call 911 if there was a seizure happening in the water because you don't know if they like drowned, like not drowned, but was choking on water. Um, also, you want to call 911 if there's any injury that occurred. Like one of my last major seizures, um, my head went through a window. There was blood everywhere. It looked like a crime scene, to be honest. So that's what I'm told, <laughs> you know. Our window's still broken from that, by the way. <laughs> um, but my mom she just obviously she didn't just want to leave me there bleeding out on my head like but I don't think she probably would have called the police or not the police but called an ambulance if my head wasn't bleeding because seizures are kind of like not accepted but like we our family knows how to deal with them by now because my dad has epilepsy I have epilepsy it's just we know how to deal with it by now Um, also, if your breathing, heart rate, or behavior doesn't return to normal. So, after a seizure, um, you're not going to be normal. <laughs> it's just, you're not going to be normal. Like, anyone who tells you, yep, yep, I'm completely normal after my seizures, they're, they're lying to you. Like, maybe, maybe the seizures where you just stare off in the space. Maybe those. But actual grand mal seizures? No. Because your body's basically doing a reset with your brain. Kind of like a, 
Oh my gosh. Sorry, there's a wasp in my room and I just like saw it and I'm like, ah, uh, no. I'm gonna have to kill that sucker after this podcast. But basically your brain is going to um, shut down without your, without you pushing that button. It's just gonna automatically shut down without your consent. And that's what a seizure is. So it, your computer doesn't just automatically turn on, does it? Um, no, it takes a while for the little circle thing on your computer to do go around and around and around be like loading 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 you know that thing where we really hate where it goes loading 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 yeah that's 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 whenever our behavior isn't normal that's whenever we're not remembering people's names and that's whenever we're feeling in this like little fog area where we just want to sleep and we just want to be like you know what i just i just really want some cream cheese even though i actually hate cream cheese um no that was a lie guys i love cream cheese I love anything with cheese in it. I was just giving an example. Water break. So, also, if there's a fever or pain hours or even a few days after the seizure, you may want to call 911 about that because it may be like a concussion. It, it may be something like underlying cause to it. So, yeah. Okay. That is my information about the seizure response plan. And everyone's seizure response plan is different. That's like the basic one, the basic seizure response plan. Um, off of like the Epilepsy Foundation, I believe. Um, actually, I do believe because I read a decent amount of that off theirs. Obviously, I'll go more into my ap actual like plan that I have specifically tailored to me um, in the actual video on my YouTube, which if you guys don't know, I have a YouTube channel that went into school seizures <laughs> currently on my youtube channel at youtube.com slash michaela true that'd be y-o-u-t-u-b-e dot c-o-m slash m-a-k-a-y-l-a-t-r-u-e okay thank you next <laughs> now Remember, just because you tell your school's teacher about um, how to handle seizures does not mean that that teacher's gonna like relay that information to all these other people in the school. Like, no, no, no. She may just be like, "Yep, this child has epilepsy." That that's literally all she may say to the art teacher, gym teacher. Uh, nurse, librarian, cafeteria lady, librarian, no, I already said librarian, dang, um, music teacher. She may just only say that, that your the child has epilepsy. She may just say the student has epilepsy, you know? Um, it's not like she's going to remember probably every single thing of how to take care of it, probably. So I would suggest to go to all of the teachers that 
the student will be exposed to. You as a student will be exposed to. If you're a parent, your child will be exposed to. Honestly, I'm trying as much to get to, to let you guys all feel interacted in this, but it's really hard because like I'm speaking to two different kind of audiences, like parents, and I'm also speaking to like actual students. So anyway, you want to make sure that you relay that information to basically anyone that you'll be coming in contact with. Students. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Am I going to look back on this, like, podcast and just regret my entire life? Is, am I just going to regret doing this podcast? Because, like, I look back at some of my old YouTube videos and I'm just like, oh my gosh, my editing was so bad. I just laugh at myself so hard. <laughs> anyway, so after you've relayed all of that information to all of the different teachers in your life, student or your students your child's life parents then you want to make sure that you keep in touch with those teachers faculty members etc I don't know how to say them but you want to make sure you keep in touch with all those people throughout the school year about the students progress about your progress student uh, just just make sure you update them basically update them about any kind of changes in your medication any kind of related issues regarding your seizures epilepsy blah 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 basically if you've been seizure free for like a month or something and then you have a seizure tell your tell your people that you need to tell at school don't let them just think that you're fine no no and instruct your faculty members, I, I know, I'm, I guarantee I'm using that wrong, because I'm pretty sure faculty is like, isn't faculty like, I don't know, the, the janitor? Uh, I don't know the difference between these two guys. Oh man, I don't know. Anyway, Make sure you tell all of the professors slash teachers slash music teacher, cafeteria lady, lunch lady, and lunch lady land. Just make sure to tell them all, basically, to inform you, student, if you've had a seizure in their class. Because you're not going to remember it. Make, make sure to tell you, parents, if your child has had a seizure in their class. Just make sure whatever happens in their class, if it's epilepsy related, that they tell the appropriate people. <laughs> okay. Now, that goes on about all of the, like, I guess, that, that talks about all of the things you need to talk to teachers about. Now, we're going to move on to the less fun topic of this podcast. But before that... How about we have like a little mini session? I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Okay. What day were you diagnosed with epilepsy? 
you know what, day's a little bit too hard. What age were you when you were diagnosed with epilepsy? Or what age were your, was your child when they were diagnosed with epilepsy? Um, I was diagnosed when I was 10 months old. Yep. So I don't really remember a time when I didn't have epilepsy. It's kind of just been part of my life. Um, I've tried to push it away, but it keeps on coming back. <laughs> and I've learned to accept that. Um, I really have. It, it grows a big community whenever you just accept it, you know, because there's millions of people out there that have epilepsy too. So it's very comforting to know that. Next question would be, okay, hmm, do you take medication for your seizures or do you use alternative routes to <laughs> cure your seizure habits? I know people who use um, marijuana, <laughs> marijuana. Like it's like some evil thing. No, I believe that every plant has a purpose. Um, that God has a purpose for every plant. And I do believe that the purpose for, um, as we like to call it, weed, that the purpose for that is medical usage. It is treating anxiety, um, definitely epilepsy. I think that's the main purpose for it. There's been some studies into cancer research into it. I do believe that. But you can also get a lot of benefits from CBD oil, which you can still drive with. So if you had an option, probably go with the CBD oil. <laughs> anyway, that's that. I personally take medication for my seizures. I used to take a different medication. You may have heard of it. Uh, it's called Depakote. Um, they actually started me on that medication because my dad is on that medication and it's worked for him for basically, I think his entire seizure filled career <laughs> since he was like 10 or 11. And he's, gosh, that's that's been like 35 years for him. So, yeah, and so they put me on Depakote, and it did work, but it didn't control my seizures once I hit, like, puberty. Plus, there's a lot of um, bad correlations with Depakote in the aspect of it could make it where you couldn't have children. Um, it makes your periods just wickety-wonkety. Sorry, getting all up into the grill of all of this stuff, but... It, this is my podcast, okay? I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> I can talk about things. So for a long time, I was not having periods regularly. Um, and that's something that was really concerning the doctors. And we've really pointed to the fact that it was because of Depakote. However, however, I would like suggest that for someone if they're not interested in having children. Also, I would suggest that 
um, for someone if they're having mood disorders. Like someone messaged me the other day, obviously I'm not going to include names because con uh, how do you say that? Confidentiality. That's what it is. But they commented the other day saying that they were having was it hormonal imbalances which we all have but they were having more definite of it they had like bipolar disorder um and the doctor like diagnosed them as that and they didn't know what to do for it because they were already taking so much medication for the seizures and the doctor didn't want to put them on anything else and they were just really angry then sad then mad then happy and it was just a really weird cycle so I will say that Depakote um, really mellows out your mood like really it's meant for people with actual like mood disorders according to all the research I've looked into it and what the doctor has told me neurologists <laughs> but don't quote me on that like I could always be wrong but do your research into it. I will to note though that my like transition from Depakote to a different medication was awful. Oh my gosh, it was awful, guys. So awful. Like my hair was so thin. It was so thin that they thought that I had like cancer. Like, legit, they thought I was, like, a cancer patient and I was doing chemo, doing my medication, like, switching. Which, apparently, that's really common. So, if you're having hair lossage or hair accelerated growth during switching your medications, that's really common. And don't worry about it once you get completely switched over for a couple months everything will go back to normal you don't have to worry mm. okay I, I i probably should actually like get back to our conversation at hand so let's go back to the conversation at hand take a big sip of water Okay. Now, the next topic regarding school epilepsy bleh, would be the kids at school. Yeah, that that's literally the breakdown. The kids at school. Now, having a seizure at school can be it can be really tough. It can be super embarrassing for the student. It can be either really scary for the other people who are watching it or it can be really funny for the people who are watching it because they've seen all these movies, TV shows, they've seen they've heard their parents talking about seizures like there's some hilarious factor or phenomenon like they're like mummies and ghosts and not saying that ghosts 
aren't real. I don't, I don't know. I haven't personally experienced a ghost, but it's like this laughing stock is what epilepsy is today in age. Like I just saw a scene on 13 Reasons Why where one of the characters had a seizure and I was really offended because literally they got, I don't know, if, I don't remember whether it was they pretended to have a seizure. I think it was they pretended to have a seizure or something along the lines that they were having a seizure. And I was really offended because like there was no actual symptoms. Like they didn't show any of the actual real symptoms. It was really like offensive to me <laughs> at the time. And it's just that kind of like behavior and shows that are really what's wrong with today and why no one actually knows the truth about what is affecting billions of people in the world. I don't, how many billions currently? I, I keep track of the billions. Let me see, is it billions? Just one second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's billions. I knew I was right. It's, it's 292 billion people are currently affected by seizures. Now, I'm not going to say they currently have epilepsy. No. But currently, 292 billion... I'm going to say billion. Just let that sink in. Billion. Billion people are currently being affected by seizures. So that means just today, 292 people, 292 billion people had a seizure or have epilepsy. Just, just let that sink in. It's almost unreal, right? It's, it's just almost unreal how many people like I had to do some major oogle math for that and it's current it's going up this math was done about three months ago and our population is, is still growing every single second and that number of amount of people being affected are growing every single second and yet it's a very little known about challenge in just just the world most of the deaths in epilepsics occur because of just everyday situations honestly which is also another reason why I do some epilepsy 101 videos on my youtube channel at youtube.com slash Michaela true youtube.com slash m-a-k a-Y-L-A-T-R-U-E. Okay. So, how can you prevent students, like, from making fun of kids with epilepsy at school? It's really hard. It, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be really hard. My worst personal experiences at school well they make me want to cry um 
but the ones that I haven't blocked out of my brain. So I guess the worst ones that my brain will let me remember without like just going into panic mode is in middle school when a boy punched me in the face. Yeah, I know. Um, because I had epilepsy. He didn't like me. Literally, that's the only reason. Like, it, there was not really another reason. I thought we were okay friends, but he was just... Didn't like me. To just punch me in the face. Another really bad occurrence I remember is... Being at the swing set when I was probably nine or so with two people that were kind of my friends but kind of just there because you know how it goes when you're in elementary school um you're kind of friends with people who have the same last name letter as you so mine was toward the end so like toward the end of the alphabet so I had to be friends more with the people toward the end of the alphabet because those people who I sat with basically throughout my whole elementary career and I guess it was just weird because all of these people would like I would just be swinging on the swing set but then I remember this girl coming up to me and I remember vividly being like Aren't you just a spaz? I was like, what? And then she was just like, Mommy said a demon's inside of you. I can't touch you. Literally. Guys. I was in tears. I. How. You know how many like. Do you know how hard I hated myself? For how long I hated myself. Me as a nine-year-old little girl. Like, I, I also got made fun of for being the tallest girl in my class. I was taller than all the boys. Um, I was called built like a brick shit house. I excuse the language, but it's true. Um, I was called a tree. I was called an Amazon. I was called, and not like Amazon in the good way, like they were making fun. And I, uh, I mean, I, I take Amazonian as like a compliment now, but then they were just making fun of me and saying that I was like an Amazon because I looked like a tree, which is not a compliment. <laughs> like, I'm just proud of myself for being able to talk about this stuff now without like bursting in tears. Like, my eyes are tearing up, but I'm not, like, in tears. And I just wish that all of the students at the school I was going to had been informed of what epilepsy was. As, I don't know, a kindergartner a first grader, a second grader, maybe even every single year. Just keep being informed about it so they knew that if they developed seizures or if they had a seizure, it didn't mean that they were a demon. 
It didn't mean they were cursed. It didn't mean that they could never have children. It didn't mean that they couldn't be loved. It didn't mean all of these things that people just came to seem to cling on to. And it would correct some of those inaccuracies that all of my peers at the time had heard and were trying to label me as. Or even are going to label your child at school as. Maybe they're, maybe they're eh, sorry, my words. Maybe they are labeling you as that spaz and demon infestation freak where you are at the school you're at. And maybe you can help that. So the question is what to do, really. Okay, so. Simple fact, you need to tell them what epilepsy is. You need to let the kids know what epilepsy is. So you can provide books and pamphlets for the teacher to use. You can use posters, comic books, fact sheets, uh, basically any videos, YouTube videos. If you want, you can show them um, my YouTube videos if that helps. I don't care. You can basically just... Just let them know in a way that their brain will understand what epilepsy is. And I always use the same method when, when um, explaining what epilepsy is. I compare myself to a computer um, because that's the way I personally understand it. And yeah, that's just the way I personally understand it. So if that helps anyone else, great. I would suggest to tell your teacher that you would like, well, the teacher or professor to have like a first aid session with the students um, and you would like them to talk about, well, first aid and with epilepsy. And I, if you've given them all these materials, which you can probably find a lot of good materials online then there won't be any work for them to do. You know, there won't be any work for them. Plus have all this planned out and they're way more likely to do it. Plus it'll just mess up all those inaccurate stuff that the kid is gathering in its brain from his parents telling him over and over again. And also I would suggest to maybe tell the teacher that if this is a class where there's going to be any PowerPoints, tell them to not include any flashing in the PowerPoints. Obviously, make that the rule for the entire class. And maybe explain that there are people with epilepsy. Explain a little bit about what it is. You can go about it that way. Um, there are lots of ways to go about getting the word out about what epilepsy is so anyway I know that this is just like really crazy that I'm doing a podcast of school activities and you're like listening to way too much 
Mm. Water break. <laughs> Okay, so another thing that I want to note to you is that there are education programs that can help school nurses, teachers, other personnel, faculty, I still don't know which is which, and I probably won't ever, just it'll help them to better understand a student with seizures. There are lots of facts um, that you can look up for epilepsy awareness program. There's just lots of things that you can look into. And I'm really happy about that. Now, you might be wondering like about some more about the learning issues thing. So some side effects of the medication might make a child or a student, I guess, tired or drowsy and that may be like a uh, issue. You might miss school or you might miss classes if you're in college for medical appointments, which by the way, um, if you're in college, it's just a tip for you. Look and see if they have a learning disabilities office. Um, I did one and they're really great. Um, Basically, they will help you get into a location where it's best for you to take your tests. It's really great for you to study in. I took my tests in like a room alone. Um, kind of low lit. And they give you a little bit of extra time. So it kind of helps balance you out with other people. It just makes it more fair. But some also some other learning issues might be like... I don't know, worrying or anxiety about having a seizure. Okay, so this is like a major thing because like worrying or anxiety about having a seizure is just super common with people with epilepsy. Like, it's so funny though too because I have anxiety and I worry about having a seizure. But I also know that anxiety and worry is stress and stress can cause me to have a seizure. So it's like, okay, so I'm not supposed to worry about seizures because if I worry about seizures, then that worry can give me seizures. But also if I don't worry about seizures, then I may forget something like my medication, I may forget something like my glasses, and then me not worrying can result in me having a seizure too. And it's like a con constant loop of me like doing this circular wheel around and around and around and around and I just, it's really an issue. Like, it's something that a lot of people, unless you have epilepsy, don't really understand. Like, the constant mental toll that you're doing. Like, right now, I have to think to myself, did I take the medication? And then I'm like, yes, I did. Okay, but am I sure? Yes, I did. Okay, but did I? And then I checked my pill box. Okay, I did. But I could have just taken those pills out of my pill box and not taken them. And then I'm worried. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should I take more pills? And I'm like, ugh. You know, these are like the issues. The issues. It's also, you get really bit, you really get um, confused. And you lose a lot of your memory when you have epilepsy. 
it's not even if you just had a seizure that day you just lose a lot of memory in general and that's like an issue that you're going to have to express like to the school that you have a little bit of memory issues also you want to probably like point out that those memory issues cause attention disorders like i definitely Okay, I guess I didn't notice that when I was younger, that I had attention disorders, but thinking back on it now, I did. And I have attention disorder now. Like, I can say, you know what, I'm fine, I can focus, but realistically, I have ADD or ADHD, whatever it is, attention disorder, ADD? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know all the different acronyms. I just know I have really troubled time paying attention to things. And it's really, really hard. Like, even things I'm really interested in, like my YouTube videos or making this podcast. Like, it's really difficult to keep my focus on where I need to be at the period of time I need to do it. So, okay. Now, another main issue is, we already talked about memory, but now when you have a seizure, you have a seizure in a certain part of your brain, and there's going to be a learning deficit in that part of your brain, and that's going to be the issue, the learning issue that you really need to talk to your doctor about. I don't know specifically your part of your brain that you're seizure happens. Mine is like the central brain, honestly. Um, yeah, mine's a central brain. So that means I can't have like it removed or anything, which is kind of like depressing because I was like, oh my gosh, surgery could help me. And then I realized, oh yeah, it's in the middle of my brain. So surgery can't help me. Bummer. But I'm glad that I got out of that because I was thinking that um, when I was like 10 or 11 and I've gotten over that. I've gotten over it a lot because of the fact that honestly, I prayed every freaking night, like every night. I was like, Lord, just please, just please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, just, just let me do six months without a seizure please, please. And then it was, Lord, please let me do a year without a seizure. And it was, Lord, please let me be able to get off my medication. But that, I don't think that's going to happen. But it was, Lord, just please give me the strength. Just give me the strength. I never thought that I would even be able to make it to this point in my life. Um, And I can be honest about that. Like, if you told me 10 years ago, that I would be sitting here talking about a podcast, I would have my own YouTube channel devoted to epilepsy, epileptic food, you know, just seizing the day, which is basically just me having fun, doing crafts. Um, If I told my past self that now, I would be like, what? I I can barely even do my schoolwork. I I can barely go a couple days without having a seizure. I can't even focus. I don't even remember. Sometimes I don't even remember my family members. Like, it's it's struggling. But you just have to remember that 
you are gonna get through those struggles, friends. You're gonna get through them. If I got through them, you're gonna get through them too. And I know, I know, it's really difficult. But I've been Michaela True. This has been the Seize the Day podcast. And to end off, I'm going to read a couple of inspiring quotes to get us back into like an uplifting mood away from all of this. Okay. Only I can change my own life. Hmm. Unknown. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. By unknown. You always have the choice to be happy, learn to understand the bumps in the road, grow from them, and stay positive. By unknown. This last one is from C.S. Lewis. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can't start where you are and change the ending. And that's exactly what I feel about my life. I can't go back and change the fact that I have epilepsy, but I can start every day. I can change the ending. I can change the fact that I'm depressed about it. I can change the fact that I worry about it. And I can change the fact that I let it hold me back from things. And I can let it instead drive me to do more. Okay. I hope this has been really great for all of you. It's honestly been really good for me. Um, My anxiety levels are really, really gone down after this. Okay. Um, Next time I will be talking about my trip to Lexington so that's great also you guys can be looking forward to a bunch of Lexington videos on my podcast so that's great too not no videos on my YouTube dang I'm thinking about podcasts right now okay if you want to you can hit me up on YouTube at youtube.com slash Michaela True. You can hit me up on Instagram at instagram.com slash Michaela True or instagram.com slash M-A-K-A-Y-L-A-T-R-U-E. You can also hit me up on Twitter at twitter.com slash be truly Michaela. That would be twitter.com slash B-E-T-R-U-E-L-Y-M-A-K-A-Y-L-A. Also, you can hit me up on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Michaela, which is just B-E-T-R-U-E-L-Y-M-A-K-A-Y-L-A facebook.com slash be truly Michaela. 
Um, and then my Snapchat is Michaela True. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. I really hope that I can inspire you the way I wish someone would have inspired me sooner. Um, like, I just want to inspire someone else the way I wish that I could inspire myself before when I was in such a great depression. That's like the goal of this. I'm really droning on this in outro whatever part, but I don't know. I love you guys so much and just know you're amazing. Okay, just subscribe and follow everywhere. <laughs> Keeping officially sweet and seize the day.